Welcome to the podcast of Word to Life, courtesy of the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM 129. For over a decade each week on Sirius XM, the Dominican friars of the province of St. Joseph have presented a sacred scripture and liturgy made simple for today's complicated world. If you want to listen to more of Word to Life, subscribe to Sirius XM and tune in on Fridays, 1 p.m. Eastern, to the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM 129. The Catholic Channel, Sirius XM 129 presents Word to Life, sacred scripture and liturgy made simple for today's complicated world. For almost three decades, the Roman Catholic Church throughout the world has observed February 11th as the World Day for the Sick. Of course, February 11th is also the feast day of Our Lady of Lourdes. And we think of the healing waters that millions of pilgrims have gone to for over 150 years, where Our Lady appeared to St. Bernadette in the 19th century. The sick and the poor will always be with us, as our Lord has reminded us time and time again. And we see how the Lord spent so much time with the sick, and the sick came to him for healing. Of course, there is the sickness of the soul that we all suffer from, But all of us, at one time or another, or perhaps our whole entire lives, will be sick. It's almost as regular as our sleep and our diet and our exercise, all those things that contribute to perhaps our health. And the church has always, always, as Christ mandated us to do, care for the sick. So with that, let us hear from the Holy Father's message for this year's World Day for the Sick, February 11th. Dear brothers and sisters, Jesus' words, Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest, from Matthew's Gospel in the 11th chapter, point to the mysterious path of grace that is revealed to the simple and gives new strength to those who are wearied and tired. These words of Christ express the solidarity of the Son of Man with all those who are hurt and afflicted. How many people suffer in both body and soul? Jesus urges everyone to draw near to him, come to me, and he promises them comfort and repose. When Jesus says this, he has before him the people he meets every day on the streets of Galilee, very many simple people, the poor, the sick, sinners, those who are marginalized by the burden of the law and the oppressive social system. These people always followed him to hear his word, a word that gave hope. Jesus' words always give hope. On this 28th World Day of the Sick, Jesus repeats these words to the sick, the oppressed, and the poor. For they realize that they depend entirely on God and beneath the burden of their trials, stand in need of his healing. Jesus does not make demands of those who endure situations of frailty, suffering, and weakness, but offers his mercy and his comforting presence. He looks upon a wounded humanity with the eyes that gaze into the heart of each person. That gaze is not one of indifference, rather embraces people in their entirety, each person in his or her health condition, discarding no one, but rather inviting everyone to share in his life and to experience his tender love. Why does Jesus have these feelings? Because he himself became frail, endured human suffering, and received comfort from his Father. Indeed, Only those who personally experience suffering are then able to comfort others. 
There are so many kinds of grave suffering, incurable and chronic diseases, psychological diseases, situations calling for rehabilitation or palliative care, numerous forms of disability, children or geriatric diseases. At times, human warmth is lacking in our approach to these. What is needed is a personalized approach to the sick, not just of curing but also of caring. In view of an integral human healing, in experiencing illness, individuals not only feel threatened in their physical integrity, but also in the rel- relation, intellect, relational, intellectual, affective, and spiritual dimensions of their lives. For this reason, in addition to therapy and support, they expect care and attention, and a word, love. At the side of every sick person, there is also a family, which itself suffers and is in need of support and comfort. Dear brothers and sisters who are ill, your sickness makes you in a particular way one of those who, quote, who are labor and are burdened, and thus attract the eyes and the heart of Jesus. In him you will find light to brighten your darkest moments and hope to soothe your distress. He urges you, come to me. In him you will find strength to face all the worries and questions that assail you during this dark night of body and soul. Christ did not give us prescriptions. But through his passion, death, and resurrection, he frees us from the grip of evil. In your experience of illness, you certainly need a place to find rest. The church desires to become more and more the inn of the Good Samaritan who is Christ. That is a home where you can encounter his grace which finds expression in closeness, acceptance, and relief. In this home, you can meet people who, healed in their frailty by God's mercy, will help you bear your cross and enable your suffering to give you a new perspective. You will be able to look beyond your illness to a greater horizon of new light and fresh strength for your lives. A key role in this effort to offer rest and renewal to our sick brothers and sisters is played by healthcare workers, physicians, nurses, medical and administrative professionals, assistants, and volunteers. Thanks to their expertise, they can make patients feel the presence of Christ, who consoles and cares for the sick and heals every hurt. Yet they too are men and women with their own frailties and even illnesses. They show how true it is that once Christ's comfort and rest is received, we are called in turn to become rest and comfort for our brothers and sisters with a docile and humble attitude in imitation of the teacher. Dear healthcare professionals, let us always remember that diagnostic, preventive, and therapeutic treatments, research, care, and rehabilitation are always in the service of the sick person. Indeed, the noun person takes priority over the adjective sick. In your work, May you always strive to promote the dignity and life of each person and reject any compromise in the direction of euthanasia, assisted suicide, or suppression of life, even in the case of terminal illness. When confronted with the limitations and even failures of medical science, before increasingly problematic clinical cases and bleak diagnoses, you are called to be open to the transcendent dimension of your profession that reveals its ultimate meaning. Let us remember that life is sacred and belongs to God. Hence, it is inviolable and no one can claim the right to dispose of it freely. Life must be welcomed, protected, respected, and served from its beginning to its end. Both human reason and faith in God, the author of life, require this. In some cases, conscientious objection becomes a necessary decision if you are to be consistent with your yes to life and to the human person. Your professionalism, sustained by Christian charity, will be the best service you can offer for safeguarding of the truest human right, the right to life. When you can no longer provide a cure, you still will be able to provide care and healing through gestures and procedures that give comfort and relief to the sick. 
Tragically, in some contexts over war and violent conflict, healthcare professionals and the facilities that receive and assist the sick are attacked. In some areas, too, political authorities attempt to manipulate medical care for their own advantage, thus restricting the medical professionals' legitimate autonomy. Yet attacking those who devote themselves to the service of the suffering members of society does not serve the interests of anyone. On this 28th World Day of the Sick, I think many of our brothers and sisters throughout the world who have no access to medical care because they live in poverty. For this reason, I urge healthcare institutions and government leaders throughout the world not to neglect social justice out of a preoccupation for financial concerns. It is my hope that by joining the principles of solidarity and subsidiarity, efforts will be made to cooperate in ensuring that everyone has access to suitable treatments for preserving and restoring their health. I offer heartfelt thanks to all those volunteers who serve the sick, often compensating for the structural shortcomings, while reflecting the image of Christ, the Good Samaritan, by their acts of tender love and closeness. To the Blessed Virgin Mary, health of the sick, I entrust all those who bear the burden of illness along with their families and all health care workers with the assurance of a remembrance in my prayers, I cordially impart my apostolic blessing. From the Vatican on the third day of January 2020, on the memorial of the most holy name of Jesus, Pope Francis. And again, his message from the holiness uh, from His Holiness Pope Francis for the 28th World Day of the Sick, uh, as we celebrate that this week on February 11th, it was worth the time for us to take that on Word to Life here to hear from the Holy Father's Word because sickness affects all of us and we will all be sick one day ourselves. And that final illness is death as conquered in the redemption of Christ. And with that, let us pray the opening prayer for this Sunday's Mass on Word to Life. Keep your family safe, O Lord, with unfailing care that reliance solely on the hope of heavenly grace, they may be defended always by your protection. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you, and the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. And it is Sirius XM 129, the Catholic Channel. Welcome to another edition of Word to Life. Uh, that reflection there uh, from uh, His Holiness, Pope Francis, on the World Day for the Sick, was worth our time to take, because I'll ask you, and I'll include myself in this, how often do you get to read any of the messages of the Pope in full, or do we have the time? And I think it's so worth it because, uh, really on a personal note, as Dominican friars, who are the host of the show, uh, we work with the sick quite closely here in New York. I'm a hospital chaplain, and I'm joined by a fellow... Uh, hospital chaplain as well, uh, and no stranger to Word to Life, Brother Hyacinth Grubb. Welcome back to Word to Life. Thank you. Always glad to be here. So uh, I thought we'd take the first portion of the show. We will get into the Mass readings for this Sunday, which is the uh, uh, the ninth day of February uh, 2020, and we're still in ordinary time. Lent is almost around the corner. I won't say that yet. Uh, but um, the opportunity... And the Catholic perspective on taking care of the sick uh, is something that, uh, I mean, well, uh, let's go back in history. Besides just Christ healing the sick, um, the, you know, the church was the first to build hospitals. That was, uh, you know, part of our, 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 our contribution to society and also the university. So you and I, we work uh, in the hospital setting um, and we're with the sick day in, day out. Uh, people who are very sick, people who are dying. Uh, all ages, all walks of life, all uh, cultures, races, uh, economic backgrounds. So, Brother Hyacinth, I guess uh, the church's commitment to the sick and why we take this time, um, 
to reflect and have a world day of the sick. And we've been doing this since the pontificate of JP2. Um, I guess maybe my question would be, or, or my thought would be, you know, the, why is why are Christians different? Why Catholicism? Why do we look at this so importantly? Why do we look at this so differently? I know it sounds so simple, but I, but I, I I pose that out to you, or or your or maybe maybe this is a better way to put it, your experience now in in working with the sick and in a small way if i may share with the audience you you have come to work with us in new york because you do feel called to work with the sick in a particular way i did too that's why i came to be a hospital chaplain so i place all that before you the random thoughts of this world day of the sick i see I'm, I'm, my uh, my undiagnosed uh, adhd is all over the place they're throwing 50 <laughs> things at you and not even asking you a question but no um you know the sick yeah no it is a beautiful day um <clears throat> to uh, both ponder about that that mystery of of suffering and, and sickness and, and death, um, and then to recall that Christ came into the midst of that. Right? And as Christians, we are also called to go into the midst of that, um, to be like Christ in that, um, and like Christ in every part of that. You know, sometimes it's our turn to be with Christ on the cross. Right? Sometimes it's our turn to be with his disciples at the foot of the cross, visiting the sick. Sometimes um, it's our turn to be. Uh, like Christ the healer, right? The one who goes and actually does heal the sick. Um, and to, to see in all of this, the uh, uh, sort of the, the mystery of, of Christ's redemption is, is played out in, in these um, very everyday, normal um, aspects of the, the brokenness of human life, right? Our brokenness goes much deeper than our bodies, but, but what we see most and feel most strongly often is, is the brokenness of our bodies, the, the brokenness of sickness and illness and death, right? Now, let me ask you this too, in that brokenness, um, I found in, in my four and a half years now being a hospital chaplain, um, sickness is the great equalizer. You know, one thing we talk about at some of these hospitals here in New York, uh, they do have VIP floors. And I think I've mentioned this on the air before. I'm not breaking any HIPAA compliance or anything. But there are some uh, floors for those who have the means, uh, who pay for their own health care, really. They don't need insurance per se, um, or they're foreign visitors. there is a level of, of like a hotel quality style service almost, if you will. But what I've mentioned on the year before, and I think and I mentioned this in a lot of homilies, whether you're on the second floor with everybody else, you're up on the, you know, 85th floor. There's no 85th floor in any hospitals here in New York. But uh, <laughs> you all wear the same gown and you're all in the same kind of bed. So I see also how sickness is the great equalizer because we deal with all kinds of people. I mean, everybody gets sick. So, and I've also found uh, in the hospital setting, um, now we work at secular institutions, we don't work at a Catholic hospital, but um, it's also uh, the culture wars, uh, the lines of maybe division and difference, they all kind of melt away because everybody's sick. Everybody gets sick and that uh, that puts a lot of things in perspective. Um, uh, that for for everyone there, <laughs> yeah. For for you know the the patients, the people who are sick. When we're going through it ourselves, we we see the ways in which we have um, been petty in our lives. The uh, the sort of petty resentments that we hold, the uh, attachments to small and, and vain things. They they look small and vain, um, which they are. But we, 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 so often we we don't see that until something as terrible as, as uh, an illness happens to us. Yeah, no, that's true. And the other thing, too, I find is, um, 
you know, as you talk about that, the, the pettiness, uh, the perspectives. Uh, oh, no, here's what I want to hit at. People may not realize it or not, but Christ is actually purifying you. He's perfect. He's getting you ready in a way, even if you survive the illness, you come out of it. He's getting you ready for heaven. I mean, that's really his. So I, I think in a way we don't realize just how deep down his work is in the soul while we're sick. Occasionally, um, I'm sure you have stories like this too. You'll meet people in the hospital who will tell you that uh, they're here, you know, with such and such illness. They've been here for such and such long, long time. You know, they they may or may not um, sort of have the uh, prognosis of recovering, um, but they they have all this and they tell tell you all that, and then they say, "But I want to come out of this a better person." Yeah, right? and that's what I want out of this. Um, which is a beautiful thing to say, and it's not. Uh, I don't think you you absolutely need the perspective of faith in that, but with um, the perspective of, of faith, you can you can see that so much more clearly, right? Um, I I am on this cross with Christ, my Lord, right now, and I I know that there's grace going on here because I see it in my in my life right now. I'm seeing ways in which I am a better person today in this hospital bed than I was two weeks ago before I was in the bed, a hospital bed. Um, and you you don't see that a lot, but that <clears throat> that's a a wonderful perspective to have. One that I would encourage everyone who's listening to, you know, take into every part of their lives, but particularly the difficult parts to co- want to come out of this a better person. Yeah, with with your life truly changed, um, even if you have some of your core defects and weaknesses, maybe even some sins you're still, but you can be really changed through an illness, no doubt about it. By the way, if you're just joining us, Sirius XM 120 on the Catholic Channel here, uh, Father John Maria Devaney and uh, Brother Hyacinth Grubb, we're the Dominican Friars of the Province St. Joseph, and each week we go over the upcoming Sunday Roman Catholic Mass readings here on Word to Life. Uh, however, though, uh, we're just taking a little time at the beginning of the show um, to talk about our work uh, as uh, hospital chaplains in uh, here in New York City, but also because February 11th, the feast day of Our Lady of Lourdes, which is later this week, is World Day of the Sick. And we took a few minutes at the top of the show to share uh, every year for the last 28 years, the Pope or the Popes, uh, because that means JP2, uh, Benedict XVI, and now Francis, have all issued a statement or a letter, uh, if you will, to the entire world for the World Day of the Sick. And we all get sick in our lives. And uh, in my experience, Brother High, since experience. Uh, We deal with people with cancer, with cardiac issues, with orthopedics, pediatrics, um, ICU, uh, actively dying, as we kind of say in the business, or or patients that have uh, have passed away. We deal with uh, also long-term care facilities. So we have a a pretty dynamic um, ministry here in New York. It's called the Dominican Friars Healthcare Ministry of New York, uh, because uh, frankly, the kind of funny story is in our neighborhood on the Upper East Side, uh, it was nothing when we got up there. And, and you know, Brother Heisen, you know this. Uh, then uh, we built a church. Then the immigrants came. Uh, we got there 152 years ago. And then 80 years ago, the hospital sprung up. Who's the priests across the street? It's the Dominican friars. So <laughs> we naturally, okay, who's going to care for the Catholics? Okay, it'll be the Dominicans. And now we're paying the price ever since <laughs> of no sleep and long hours, uh, but deeply uh, rewarding. One thing I, I'd like to bring up, too, for maybe anybody who's listening um, uh, Brother Hyacinth, is I've come to the conclusion, you know, you and I, obviously, we have a calling by God to religious life, uh, also to, um, you know, the priesthood as you're preparing for ordination in the spring. Uh, I've come to the conclusion that, 
Oh, man, I mean, this is a big statement, but I would say like 98% of the medical professionals that I have met, even from the techs up into the, the you know, highly trained and, and highly responsible MDs uh, and the ambulance drivers and the transport people, I really believe it's a calling, whether they realize or not, by God, to go do this work. I've, I've, especially nurses and doctors, but um, I've, I've become convinced of that. I think so, yeah. It's... Um... I think you know, spending time with the sick is something that we should all t- endeavor to do a little bit mm-hmm. here and there. But to really jump into it and devote your life to spending time with the sick, there's uh, it's, it's more than just a job, right? Yeah. Even even if your job is is only bringing the food around, yeah, right. Um, it's it's still it's it's more than just an office job, uh, and it is a sort of um, a sort of calling in that. It is. You know, one of the things, I don't know if you've encountered this yet in your conversations with patients, but I've asked patients this, especially with cancer diagnosis. I said, uh, I've, and they always say yes. I've asked them. Let me ask you a question. I bet you there are some people you thought, well, especially when we start to talk about friends and family, obviously, with the patient. I said, I bet there's a couple of people who you thought would be here every step of the way, and they haven't called you, they haven't checked in on you, they've been nowhere to be found. And these are some of your tightest people that you thought, you know, closest to friends would be here during this illness. And they're like, oh, yeah, Father, no, definitely. Uh, there's a couple of people who I thought they'd be right here. But on the flip of the coin, I bet you there's one or two people who are almost strangers to you or barely know neighbors, and they have stepped in and stepped up to the plate in your illness right now like you wouldn't believe. And they say yes. Uh, And now, of course, we can look with mercy on both situations. Perhaps maybe the dear friend is frozen, doesn't know what to do, doesn't know how to reach out, can't handle it. Um, Maybe they got a cold heart. And, there, and maybe a true level of friendship. I mean, that can happen. Don't get me wrong. God forbid. Um, and then you get this generosity so of, of a stranger. So it's fascinating. When we encounter the sick, are we the person who kind of checks out and never checks in? Or are we all of a sudden the kind of person that all of a sudden your next door neighbor who I barely talk to, I'm bringing over food three times a week or, you know, I'm, I'm cutting their lawn now or something. So now also we can be both at different times in our life. You know, we could be, you know, uh, but, but it is fascinating to see how an illness of an individual then totally ripples out for bad and good to those who mean the most of them. No, absolutely. All, all of those relationships change in some way. Right. And um, some of them do people, people fall through. Right. And then they and they fail to follow up. And sometimes you realize that, you know, this this what I thought was this meaningful relationship turned out to be a little bit shallow. Mm. Right. And you just you just never noticed that when life was going along fine because you never you never had to draw on each other. And now that you are, um, it is. And then you also realize, I think uh, um, that's certainly true that everyone everyone experiences that the people who fall away, the people who show up. um, Also, a lot of people will talk about the uh, the number of people that kind of come out of the woodwork. Yes. To, to offer prayers. Good, good to point. Offer, I'm glad you yeah. mentioned. That. No, continue. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's it's. Uh, there are more people in our lives that care about us than we realize. That's a good. That's an excellent point. I'm glad you said that. Now, before we end the segment here for this World Day of the Sick, we have to talk about this, um, and you know we have to dwell on it, but we've got to mention it. The role of the sacraments. Uh, for the sick, as Catholics, we have these VIP access of body and soul to Jesus um, for ourselves. And also, I'll share this with you. 
especially for anyone who might be just dropping in um, who's not going to church, we meet a lot of people. The majority of the people don't go to church. The majority of people are not regularly practicing their faith. Yes, I'm Catholic. You're always Catholic. Once you're Catholic, you're always Catholic. And that's why you identify as Catholic going into the hospital. You know, they ask you what religious preference, even if you haven't been to church in 30 years. But we meet a lot of Catholics who stop going to church or they've just become, and, and not, not 94. Seven percent are not having bitterness or hatred. They've just gotten, frankly, lazy and drifted, or haven't worked on their soul. Worked more on the front lawn than the, the their soul, so to speak. We got to care for our soul first and foremost. So I have found that the hospital is a great place to get people back. And of course, yeah, you know, just to share with the audience the sacraments, and maybe maybe also too, if you uh, talk about how we view anointing of the sick now, because people there's still a lot of people think it's you know, the Grim Reaper. Oh, of course, last of course, yeah. So, so I, I give that to you to, <laughs> as you get ready to enter into the sacramental care of souls in a couple of months. It's true. I'm a deacon. I'm not a priest yeah, yet. That's right. so, so he can't forgive sins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he can go get the priest for you. And he, and he does that a lot. <laughs> Write a lot of referrals. Yeah, that's right. I do get a lot of referrals. Thanks for the business, Heisen. Anytime. Anytime. But no, if you could comment on that, I mean, the, just the, inv- the irreplaceable role of the priest and the sacraments. Absolutely, yeah. So when we look at um, the sacraments in, the, in a sort of hospital situation, um, First thing is that you need them. <laughs> you do. You know that they're the prescriptions for the soul. I Absolutely, mean, yeah. yeah. No, you need the sacraments. Yeah, every yeah. Catholic who gets admitted, ask for the priest, even if you haven't been going or not for a while. I mean, or you get diagnosed. Go find out your local priest and just say, I gotta, I gotta talk. Go ahead. Absolutely, and just to to reinforce that, I mean. Um, the sad situation is in most hospitals, there are not, not enough priests to visit every Catholic. So when you get into the hospital, ask for the priest, right? Ask the nurse, I, I want a priest. And they keep asking until they show up. Um, and then the other thing is uh, you have things like poison control. You have that number on your on your fridge and the, you know, the uh, police office, all that. Make sure your parish number is up there too so that if you get sick, they know who to call to get the priest there. This or matters. your kids. You or know. You, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, but so when, when we look at uh, sacraments for the sick, what we really look at is um, anointing the sick, right, which is not only part of last rites, right? This was um, Paul VI extended this. Uh, it's the sacrament, um, the anointing of oil on the forehead and on the hands and the uh, laying on of the hands of the priest um, to have Christ be with you in this illness, um, to give you his strength and his comfort and his hope and his peace, um, to be there with for the healing of your soul, Um and if necessary, that does bring with it the forgiveness of, of even mortal sin, right? Um, and sometimes uh, healing of the body is, as well. Right? Um, so we have anointing the sick, and then usually that's, that's, that's uh, always paired with confession too, right? Um, healing of the soul in, in this particular way oriented towards the forgiveness of sins, um, now, I will do have to share this. In the case of uh, uh, when death is near or the person's in a coma or they're unconscious, they have dementia, uh, the church in her generosity and Christ in his mercy that's unbounded, um, the anointing of the sick is also for the forgiveness of sins when the person can't communicate, you know, because we imagine if they could say, hey, we, we could truly, if they could grasp just how close they are to the edge, we'd presume they'd want to make peace with the sins and faults of their life. So so that is one element of the anointing. But the proper way is that if you can talk with the priest, have a confession, then get anointed. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, and anointing is about the healing of the soul, whatever the soul needs, right? Um, and if it needs forgiveness, then it's about that healing, right? Um, so confession, anointing, and then the Eucharist too, um, to uh, to be with Christ in in the sacrifice of his own body um, as, as, as your body is now being uh, next to him on, on the cross there. Um, and then there's a special kind of prayer that goes with 
uh, communion when someone is dying called it's called vi- uh, viaticum, right? Which means uh, along the way, right? And it's food for the journey. Um, same sacrament, same same communion, um, but with a special sort of emphasis and prayer upon this is the the strength of the food for the journey to God, right? As the soul leaves the body there. And it's become a little tougher and rare to get viaticum because, believe it or not, and I'll share this in Brother Heisen that's the scene, it, in the modern use of opioids with people, you either die fast or you die slow. And in the modern use of opioids around death, which is totally legitimate, I mean, you know, the church wants you to be comfortable. Not too much that it hastens death, not too little that we're leaving you just writhing, you know. But because many people end up, because of these opioids, slipping into a coma or becoming very sedated or unconscious, by the time sometimes we get called then, we're not able to give them viaticum because uh, they can't take any more food or drink, you know. So if indeed you go into hospice care or you've realized, hey, I'm stopping treatment, um, and the person is still conscious and can talk in little bits of water, then that's also the time to receive viaticum, even if death is still a few weeks away, you know, or a few days away. But that's the moment to make sure that the priest is coming in. Yeah. Yeah, no, and again, call the priest. Yeah, yeah, just, <laughs> There's just a call, theme here. Yeah, yeah just call <laughs> the priest. If we can Sooner give you one, rather than later. One thing of the last 27 minutes we've talked about for this, just, just call the priest, okay? Now, we also talk about this, too. I have to add this, and, and then we'll we'll go to break to get into the readings. Um a big thing we find, and you've been there. Now, you're able to go because as a deacon, you can bless, uh, but we will not get called until after the patient is dead. So, yes, we can come and bless the body. Uh, we can pray with you and mourn with you for your lost loved one, but we can't perform the sacraments because the sacraments are for the living. So this is why uh, we found that you'll have, uh, I've had countless times, where you had uh, the grandmother, the mother, the aunt, the uncle, uh, who was a devout practicing individual, um, but the children haven't been going, and they're so far away from their faith, they wait till after death to call. So you want to wait, you always want to call the priest while you're still alive, okay? Or I tell this a lot, especially uh, Brother Heisen, when I have a group of uh, geriatric uh, uh, congregants and a lot of white hair out in uh, in the pews, I'll say, listen, when you go home tonight and you talk to your son in California or North Carolina, uh, you tell them, hey, listen, if I can't speak for myself and I'm in the hospital and I'm in a coma or I'm on a tube, you call that priest before I die. You call, I'll come back and haunt you from purgatory because I could have gotten the apostolic pardon and I could have gotten right into heaven, you know, and you didn't. So so call the priest while they're still alive. Yeah. So that being said, uh, Brother Heisen, it is a great honor to um, take care of the sick and it is something we're called to do by Christ. Uh, I think Catholicism, Christianity, and the sacraments have a special place for the sick. And we'll do that till our Lord returns. And the best news, Brother Hyacinth, as I tell all the patients, we won't bill your insurance company. Let's go to break at Sirius XM 129, the Catholic Channel. Thank you for listening to the podcast of Word to Life with the Dominican Friars of the Province of St. Joseph, courtesy of the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM 129. If you want to hear the full show every week, subscribe to Sirius XM and tune in on Fridays, 1 p.m. Eastern, to the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM 129.